tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. Hello, guys. I love you. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for all the amazing birthday wishes. I appreciate you. I love Happy you. Happy birthday, Sam. Thank right? you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys very much. Uh, you, you mean the world to me. Uh, if you'd like to see me live, I have some live gigs coming up. Some live. live. I'm going to be in Philadelphia November 12th through the 14th. I'm going to be at Helium's. I'll be uh, November 21st. I'm at Lombard, Illinois, and then St. Louis, uh, December 3rd. Through uh, the 5th at St. Louis Helium. So go. You can find those on my website. You'll find the links in the description below. So grab them quickly. Joining me, as always, my good friend and yours, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? How you doing? I went into the dates a little early. I forgot. It's all good. Xavier, thank you for joining us. Xavier's got a new podcast I think you all will enjoy. It's called We Don't Smoke the Same. Yep. And the word on the street is nobody on the show smokes the same. Is that nope, true? Nope. We all outdo everybody. But yeah, so we go live. Uh, actually, we're going to go live uh, the day of Halloween. I'm going to be dressed up at Sam. I'm going to be having two kids, Dodger hat, <laughs> one glasses missing one of the glasses. Are you going to be grinding your teeth the a whole time? Bit. And everyone's like, you're on drugs. I'm like, but I'm not. <laughs> But I'm not, so go check it out. Yep. It's available where you can listen. Any podcast app, YouTube, just subscribe, rate it, please. We Thank don't you. smoke the same. And on the ones and twos over there is to know them, is to love them, and to love that hat. Do not think that's a weird Hawaiian shirt hat. <laughs> that is a very, very popular uh, art, art piece hat. It's a Vans hat. It's a Vans hat, and it's very popular. <laughs> Joining me is my good friend. I love him to pieces. The one, the only, Johnny Woodard. What's going on, man? Happy, bu- happy birthday. Thank you, buddy. A lot of people are talking about the latest Broken Simulation. That's yeah. the podcast you and I do. And we're on the street. It's, it could be the greatest hour of podcasting. It just dropped. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the video just dropped, actually. We had some issues with YouTube this week. Uh, we had to. When don't we? we had, if you want to, we cut out 20 minutes of Bill, us talking about Bill Burr's set. And it's in the audio. It's not in the video because of YouTube's uh, anal. Fucking crack YouTube, down on us. If there's man. anyone who loves anal, it is YouTube. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. It sucks, man. I love that. Yeah. But anyway, so share it around if you can to help us overcome the censorship of YouTube. Guys, censorship is everywhere. It's really bad. And if you want to support the show and help us not live in our cars, please go check out our Patreons. We have a couple of them. We have patreon.com slash tin foil hat that's where you get daily doses from the show we get you get three to four a week where i break down whatever happened that day in the world of conspiracies i'm also on a good friend of mine brian callen's patreon it's called the conspiracy social club and watch me debate a lizard person that's patreon.com slash 
Brian Callen. And then if you want to get the Bill Burr stuff early, you want to watch all the stuff early, go to patreon.com slash Broken, broken simulation. Broken simulation. Also, it's uh, I should say the 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 actual episode is at youtube.com slash Sam Tripoli Comedy. Yeah, it's check that channel. out. Yeah. Now, I I like to get spiritual on this podcast. This episode we did today, very spiritual. Uh, if you want to hear my spiritual podcast, it's available exclusively on Rockfin. R O K F I N dot com slash zero. Check it out. It's a great way to support the show. And the t-shirts are on fire. Go to uh, go to TimFallHatTshirts.com. We got a new one about to drop, and it's called Fuck Your Blue Check Mark. And it's got the <laughs> it's got the conspiracy bear on it. You will love it. Uh, we got all sorts of shirts there. Got hoodies too. Hoodies. I got that shirt on right there. Look at that guy right there. That is the uh, flat earth one, and that's it. So uh, go check it out. And we got cups and mugs. mugs. Yes, mugs. We got mugs. Got hats, dad hats, beanies. I'm telling you, we got everything. Dude, we got a flea market of conspiracies over there. Go to tinfoilhatsswag.com. They will all be available on one website very soon. We appreciate you guys. Uh, We have Laurel, Erica on, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Johnny is a wordsmith nerd. He loved it. Right, Johnny? Absolutely. As a dyslexic, it wasn't my thing. As uh, you know, in his second language, he enjoyed it as well. Guys, I love you. Uh, I don't know what's going on right here. Thank you very much. Happy birthday to me. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you soon. Take care, everybody. There we go. Enjoy the show, everybody. All right, so let's get into it. Very excited for today's show. I've seen this lady uh, in other videos, and I always thought what she was doing so was so interesting. Uh, and I knew people on the show would love to hear about this topic. So I am going to, uh, so through the magic of uh, having a wonderful booker, here she is. She is uh, she's going to break down the magic of words. Please welcome Laurel Erica, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you. I've been looking forward to our conversation as well, Sam. Anyone with a magical name like Tripoli has to have quite a bit of magic up his own sleeves. So I'm looking forward to our interchange. You get it. You totally get it. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Before we get into it, please let our guests know where they can, uh, our listeners, excuse me, know where they can find you. Uh, where, what, whether it's in the inter- whether it's your website or your Twitter or whatever you would like them to look up. Thank you. My website is wordmagicglobal.com. Perfect. And if you become a subscriber, you automatically get my free ebook, which is called The Book of E, a book of alphabet alchemy. And you'll also learn about all the upcoming events, as well as some interesting blogs and podcasts. And this one will take its place in the gallery of recent podcasts. Yes. Yes, the gallery of recent podcasts. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Laurel, before we get into all the magic. You you know, in the short time we've been talking off air, I can tell you you're an extraordinary person. You have a a lot of fun character, and uh, you're just a very interesting human being. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you so very much. So most relevant 
is that I began playing with words when I was um, maybe three or two or three, as soon as I could speak, I was fascinated by words. And often when I present uh, alive, I ask the audience how many people tried to dig a hole to China when they were a child. And many people raised their hands. And then I asked how many people succeeded and a few jokers keep their hands up. And I explained that I actually did succeed. And, um, and the little backstory for that is that my father was uh, receiving a sound system. I think it was a Magnavox monaural sound system. And this was back in the late 40s. And the delivery man told me that when he had opened the box to remove it and set it up, that a bat had flown out the uh, box and out the window and landed in a tree in the backyard. So in my memory, uh, we lived in a desert town. There weren't many trees. Um, in my memory, I ran out to this scrawny little tree expecting to see a bat hanging from it, and um, specifically a baseball bat. <laughs> and so that was, as far as I know, my first awareness that unrelated objects could have the same name. And essentially, I pursued that bat through echolocution, listening to the echoes in words that seemed completely unrelated and yet had the same vibration, um, I, I found my way all the way to China. And the way I got to China was that maybe about 10 years ago, I was at the Pacific Asia Museum in Pasadena, California. And in their gift store, there was a bat puppet. And I, since I was going to be sharing word magic with a homeschooling group, I thought that having that bat puppet, since it was so significant for my journey with words, would be appropriate. But I, I hesitated to spend the money until I went through the gallery of exhibitions and I found a little tag next to uh, something under glass. And it said, in... Uh, Taoist philosophy, the bat is the symbol of happiness, because in Chinese, the word fu means bat, and it also means happiness. And um, anyway, it goes on from there. So playing with words was my happiness. I came in with a metaphysical perspective into a family of what I like to call flatlanders, they really did not have a sense of the multidimensional nature of reality. And so it was very disorienting and disheartening. And in any case, I just was fascinated by words and words were my happiness. And in the process of playing with them, I made a discovery which was known to the ancients in Eastern and Western cultures, still is today in China. They still recognize the significance in, and power in words that have the same sound and different meanings. Um, in this culture, such words are relegated to the realm of humor as puns and then further denigrated as humor's lowest form. So even though we have... Um, 
the greatest writers in English, like like Shakespeare and James Joyce, are master punsters. Still, we have overlooked puns. We have been deafened by our definitions and overlooked the echoes and reflections one can find in words that have the same sound and different meaning. So this has been my lifelong pursuit. I wrote a thesis on it in the late 80s and was told by a publisher, an editor at a publishing house, that while it was very interesting, uh, it was called Psychosemantics, English in Translation. He said, without a PhD, I could just forget it. And so I drove over to UCLA. I had graduated UC Berkeley. Uh, to see, I drove over to see what a PhD would entail, and it was absolutely nothing that would interest me, uh, the kinds of coursework that would be demanded because I'm operating on a different paradigm. And um, a few years later, I was a student of Reverend Michael Beckwith, and we were charged with creating a, an, a, an expression of what a, this closer walk with God meant to us. And I wrote a poem called First Person Singular, and it was the first person I'd, the first poem I'd written in many years. And when I recited it somewhere, the president of a New Age record label um, asked if I wanted to do an album of my verse. He gave me $10,000. And I turned um, everything I'd learned about words into performance heart. And a friend said, well, congratulations on creating your own niche. And I thought, well, What's my niche? And then I thought, oh, I'm the metaphysical mother goose. So I share word magic in in verse and in essays, taking it directly to people, bypassing linguists who might tell me I'm whatever, uncredentialed. I love it. But anyway, there it is. I love all of that. There's so much to unpack there. I have to remember what I wanted to ask. First of all, you said you came into a family, a flat Landers, right? Is that that's yes. how you? What do you that mean? That was by, my word. What, uh-huh. what What do you mean by you came into a family of Flatlanders? I incarnated through a couple um, who had met in art school in Paris, so they were oh. they were well educated, um, highly literate. Um, both were artists, but neither of them had any sense of intuition or soul and spirit or um, multiple lifetimes, none of that. And nobody had, nobody asked the kind of questions that I had. And I thought I must be very backward because I thought, how can you live a life until you have answered these questions? And since no one discussed them, and see, there's a pun, uh, or There's the word disgust as in discussion, and there's disgust as in revulsion. So um, we certainly don't carry on very um, meaningful discussions politically these days. It's more the revulsion. But when did you realize this? Like, when did you realize that you had had a multiple life experiences and that there was a part of you that had outgrown these parents? Well, right. And see, there's the word grown. We have a grown up, which sounds like pain and soreness. I didn't know for a long, well, there was a moment 
uh, when I was young, when I thought I might be the only sane person I knew. And that was so terrifying that I decided to turn my world upside down and pretend that I was the crazy one. And they were all too willing to um, look at me that way. So, I mean, it's not been a very happy life <laughs> in, in the human terms, but it sure has connected me on higher frequencies. Um, I gain enormous support from um, higher levels of intelligence, as we all have. I, I call it uh, the multiverse or the source field. I call it our universal heart drive and that we can connect with our own infinite intelligence through our heart and through our desire and our inquiry. So I did not know. I thought I was the problem. Um, Years later, I studied with a psychic who said, the more advanced you are when you come in, the more backward you feel. And I felt extremely backward. And I wrote what I call my fairyography, which is about an elemental being who goes through the looking glass into this dimension and has to deconstruct the language to find her way back home again. And on page one, um, there's a little stanza that says, I was born in upside down town to the king and queen of backward land. I spoke a foreign language, which I spoke a foreign language, which they had to twist to understand. The king was sowing sorrow and the queen was reaping grief. I held my dreams but lost my way, confused beyond belief. How ossified the king in patriarchal misconceptions, and how brilliant was the queen in monumental self-deceptions. And I wish that I could say that they were singular exceptions, but they were the rule, as I know you'll confirm with your reflections. So that's a, a little piece of a very, very I long piece. I love that, right? That was like some battle rap right there. Um, so, so inter- there's so much I want to ask about. Puns are very interesting too because as a stand-up comic, uh, you know, there are a lot of great comics out there that just live and die by the puns. If you can master puns, it the, is the golden pony. It is. It, there's a lot of them. A Mark Norman's a master oh, at yeah. puns, dude. A master at puns. And I'm gonna write down his name and look him up. Mark Norman. Mark Norman. It's Norm with a D at the end. And then there's Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, he's really great with puns as well. And I how think, do you how do you spell his last name? Uh, Hinchcliffe. I'm gonna go try to go. You're asking the worst spell in the world. Johnny knows. Okay, H- I'll just go H- with Hinchcliffe. H I N C H C L I F F E. H i n c h c l i f f e. Thank you, thank you. So, well, that was a dazzling bit of spelling. Thank yeah. you. That's what Johnny's here for, strictly for the spelling, because <laughs> uh, I am functionally. You know the illiterate. band Boston? They have this guy that they keep on stage, and he's just there to hit the high notes. Like the singer just points at him. Really? <laughs> he does the high notes for Boston. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's your kinda, job. Yeah, just, just spelling. That. Yeah, I was thinking about hiring somebody just to say the names. Yeah, spelling and names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it, it, I, I've watched these guys blow up, and I've watched them uh, be able to master the art of puns, and that is a very big, that is a a giant form of stand-up comedy is 
puns and like to be able to to twist the word and use the double meaning to elicit a laugh. And I see it in, in you know we have um, Twitter, Twitter. Like if you know puns and you could do puns, you could crush it on uh, Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, for sure. It is very interesting the power of puns for sure, for sure. It's very yes. interesting. And uh, I think it's a, I use, when you master puns, you're known as a great writer. Oh, that guy's a really good writer. Oh, he, he well, that's interesting because this culture, when I was growing up, puns were called the lowest form of humor. <laughs> I have some, let's see if I can find it. Um, I mean, this was not in ancient cultures, but I have a few, a few um, quotes. Yeah, here's Alexander Pope. He he that would pun would pick a pocket. Oh, thief. Um, oh, and that, but there's others. Um, there's others that were more favorable. But the pun was was um, disregarded as a very low form of humor, and yet the multiple levels of meaning within a single word. Um, can be extremely enlightening. And my biggest education came from the English language, from my ABCs. In fact, Sam, and I don't see you at the moment. Oh, you can't see me? I'm right here. I'm staring oh, there you are. Okay. with bated so, breath. <laughs> I wrote um, a, a lengthy piece called S, uh, about the letter S. And it's called Esoterica by Laurel Erica, the definitive <laughs> exegesis on the letter S in verse. And I just need a really good animator before I want to put it out in the world because there's lots of levels of meaning and I don't want anyone to miss any. So if anyone in your audience is uh, an animator who wants to play with me, um, let them indeed. Well, you know, I hope the swarm helps you. If you want to help out Laurel, please contact her. I know we got some great animators who listen to this show, and you are going to get inundated. We'll, we'll find somewhere in the description where we can put a contact uh, so they can contact you uh, and make that dream happen. I would like to help out with that as well. Guys, I want to talk to you about Proactive, the number one uh, acne brand in America. It's number one for adults 18 to 34. Guys, I think we've all had acne, and there's nothing worse than having acne when you're an adult, and I went through that. Listen, I can read the copy they gave me here and, and tell you all the points they want me to say, but the truth of the matter is is I really did use uh, Proactive. And it saved me, man. I, when I first moved to L.A., I was, like, running and gunning all the time. I was working at a hotel, valeting, and I had giant welts all over my face, man. And it was really, really bad. And, uh, and the only thing that helped me, hand of God, was proactive, okay? Proactive helped me, and it can help you, too. Proactive combines the gentle skin skincare paired with the best acne treatment for your skin okay proactive has three different type systems designed for your skin there's proactive solution uh the original system suitable for all skin types that's what i used to use they got proactive plus for sensitive skin types and then proactive md to bring the hammer for all the stubborn breakouts all right Proactive is the real deal, guys. I love Proactive, and I used it. And you're like, I, dude, 
Most of the products on here I use, if not all of them, and this one is probably the one that I will push more than anything because it really did change my life. I, I, I just, it was really embarrassing going out with these giant zits, being in your, your 30s and having adult acting like that. But you know what? Thanks, Proactive. I dealt with that, and I still use it. Hand to God, I still use it. So right now, uh, right now is a great time to try Proactive for our our podcast listening. The Swarm. You can get an exclusive offer only available by going to proactive.com slash Sam. Proactive subscribers will get uh, will receive a hydrated duo as a free gift that includes four hydro h- hydrogel masks and the green tea moisturizer, which I love for sure. Uh, you also get free shipping. Again, that visit proactive.com slash Sam to take advantage of this special offer now. That's proactive, P-R-O-A-C-T-I-V dot com slash Sam and subscribe to get clear skin. But before we get into it, because I, I feel like there's so much amazing stuff to talk about, I just want to ask you real quick, because as a, as a guy who is uh found his stride in podcasting, I often think about if I'd come around 20 years earlier, what would have come of me? Because these opportunities weren't available 20 years ago. The internet wasn't what it was. I was, I'm not, I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to go peer to peer that corporate, you know, art ruled the day and the suits controlled uh, who got, who were the gatekeepers. So when I listen to you talk, and I just wonder, like, how has the internet changed your life, and how has the internet allowed you to to reach, you know, to vibe with your tribe, right? Because of people who are into what you're doing, and you know, you talked about when you, you know, I'm put, I, I, you didn't say this, but you were like somewhat of a, a, you know, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole back in the day, and that you know, it was probably really hard for you to find people to connect with. How has the internet changed your ability to reach people who are into what you do? Well, thank you for asking. Um, what uh, the two things that, well, let me see, backing up in the early 90s and in the early 2000s, there were some big, there were through synchronicity some encounters that almost brought my work to a wider audience. Um, and then just kind of fizzled. So what has been most effective for me has been the inner work that I've done to let go of uh, the conditioned parts of me that has been hesitant to be seen, to be heard, to share, all of that. So uh, inner work has brought more synchronicities. And one of those synchronicities is that I now have a wonderful virtual assistant because I am primarily a writer and a performer and needing to understand social media and all of that and take time to um, to do it is not my zone of genius. So I have a wonderful woman named Desiree Newton who is helping me at this time to reach a larger audience. But in terms of, but it's still basically the inner evolution leading to the outer synchronicities that have helped me to share. And and I, I frequently, hold, I have such a big vision of what I want to accomplish. So I'm, I'm, my career is finally taking off at a time when most I people are, are hanging up the guns, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just starting out, so. 
Me too, man. Me too. Me too. Never too late. Never too late. I, I tell all my friends that it's never too late, man. And, you know, Joan Rivers worked until she couldn't, till she called it a day. And that's, I tell all my friends that it's like, if you're interesting, there's also, you know, there is a market out for there, out there for you because people want real. And uh, that's what's out there. So let's get into it, man. Uh, I want to talk to you. What is the World Magic Global? It's Word Magic. Uh, not World Magic. Okay, it's, okay, Word Magic. My apologies. Word Magic. Oh, you don't have to apologize. I'm just emphasizing it for your listeners, although we will have that visible on the... Um... Anyway, that's the name of my website. Uh, Word Magic Global, and, and Magic my Global. tagline is Wordplay That Unravels Mass Hypnosis and Elevates the Frequency of Consciousness. And my exploration is the relationship of the word to the world. And as a teenager, I looked at the word word, I wrote it out, and um, and then I added an L, and all of a sudden the word became the world. And then I, I, and that's according to the Bible. <laughs> the word is God and the word it, uh, creates the world. And we can see visually that the word does create the world with the addition of the letter L. Then I took the word God and I added the, the letter L and I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> there it is. Gold is God on earth. People are pursuing gold as if it were more important than life and health. Uh, as if it were God rather than a reflection of the divine. So um, my vision, my what I did in, in playing with words and finding all of these puns, and, and um, from my fairy poem, she says, the, this fairy self, she says, I will give you two examples that are favorite ones of mine, the fact that praying sounds so savage, yet it also sounds divine. Or how about the way the prophet has become our bottom line? Now add worship or worship. Parish or perish. And it's easy to see why the world's so nightmarish. So what I saw is that there's a whole level of uh, meaning uh, in words that are mostly unheard, unseen and unheard, ignored or dismissed as insignificant. And yet, when you start putting them together, it's like you, uh, what appears is a sonogram of cultural consciousness. So I know you have plenty of experience with sonograms as a father yes. of two children, and they're made by sound. So the sounds of words, when you put them together, you can get echoes, uh, mirroring echoes of the consciousness of the culture, as well as other instances, the um, innate wisdom we come in with as human beings. So I divide these into um, uh, 
the secret spells and the sacred passwords that are all already in English. So English language can provide an amazing education, both to the hypnosis and the conditioning of our consciousness that causes us to see the world in the very divisive way that we do, with us separate from um, everything. And what's so interesting to me about the word apart, you can be a part of all, or you can be apart from it. And when the word is written as two words, apart, it means connected. When it's written in a connected way, it means separate. So it's like there's so much nuttiness in the language. And I am best known for the video that went viral when it was placed on the Facebook page of a site called Collective Evolution. And that video is called The Secret Spells of the English Language. Yes. And I, I, I can run through it really fast. Please, or... please, please. Okay. Thank you. So I've called it our premier life sentence, but It actually isn't. There's one before that, which I'll share with you as a new daddy. You you would uh, appreciate what we do to ourselves with language. Um, So the life sentence is that we awake each morning uh, and through the weekdays um, earn our living through various jobs and undertakings until we come to the weekend. And I was hesitating because I was thinking someone recently added that we awake to alarm, to alarms, which is really quite something. So I explained that I do a translation of the English language, and I spell that T-R-A-N-C-E with the idea that words cast spells. They put us into a trance a hypnotic trance. So when you translate that sentence, you remember that a wake is a funeral party for the dead. And when we attend a wake, we're in a state of mourning. And when we say to each other, good morning, on a subliminal level, we're saying good grief. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, and that's just the beginning. (laughs) All right. right, We're in. Yeah. So we, we stagger around through life in a week days. So W-E-A-K-D-A-Z-E. We stagger around in a week days to earn our living. But urns are vases for the ashes of the dead. We rush to meet deadlines um, as we work at our various jobs and undertakings. Job is a Hebrew word for persecuted, though it's pronounced Job in that instance. And uh, you already know what an undertaker is. And actually, an entrepreneur is defined as an undertaker. And then we, we rush to meet deadlines until we come to the weekend. And I always feel terrible to say to somebody, have a good weekend, because who wants a weekend of this very perverse bargain with life where we are giving away our lives just so we can stay alive. And for most people, not doing what really brings us to life, not not a true livelihood. And we call 10 years of time, we call it a decade, but the British pronounce it uh, very explicitly as decade, oh. which is what progressively oh, happens. Man. 
And of course, our most frequent greeting to each other is hello. And if you reverse the syllables, you have oh hell. So I, when I was playing with this years ago, I thought, well, this is really interesting. But I also thought, so what? (laughs) What about it? And then it came to me that language is software. And English is the leading software of the Western mind. And it's filled with cultural biases that are akin to computer viruses that infect our thinking with an antiquated and manipulated vision of reality promulgated by the church as an instrument of mind control at a time when people had to surrender their minds if they wanted to keep their heads about them quite literally. So obviously that's... uh, Anyway, I would like to inspire people to listen to the still small voice within, listen to their voice of intuition, which is their their um, connection to the infinite intelligence of which we are composed and by which in which we are informed and and look for new words, new ways of saying tuning up this uh, composition that is the English language that is full of notes and we are the instruments that play these notes and that perceive reality through them. So for instance, I once asked, a group of people, what shall we do about the word hello? And one woman said, well, how about hallow? And to hallow is to make sacred. And if we are recognizing each other with a hallow, it's like namaste. The God in me sees the God in you. Yeah, I love that. Hello, hello. Right. Is there word magic in other languages now that he brought up another language? Yeah, like in it Spanish is. Every or something? language puns. And, and I think it was uh, a French psychoanalyst, Jacques Lacan, perhaps, who said the difference between languages is a singular way of making puns. So it's very interesting what words come together into the same sound. For instance, in German, a woman told me years ago that the word for pubic hair would have the same sound as the word for shame. Really? Well, that's what she told me. I don't know German. Johnny, did you learn that? No, I don't know the word for pubic hair. Sorry. Oh, okay, Johnny, you had your you missed out. Okay. <laughs> you had your shots of. That's so interesting. Are there other um, examples of uh, magic words? Uh, uh, well, when you say magic words, are you speaking of puns? Uh, anything. I love everything you're saying. I'll take anything you got. Oh, thank you. Thank you so Sounds much. kind of similar. It's, it's well, Shanda um, and Shamhar. What's that? Pubic hair is, is Shamhar, according to this, and then uh, shame is Shanda. So, pretty okay. close. Yeah. Huh. Pretty close. Well, pretty close. Okay. Um, years ago, I read a book called On Puns by Advanced Linguists, and they gave fascinating examples in uh, a multitude of languages, but... Uh, I no longer have that book. I should probably reorder it. Fascinating stuff to see what, and I don't believe it's someone, you know, in, in a, um, in an attic <laughs> welding together sounds and uh, attaching do you, um, do you know meaning what, to them. Sorry. Do you know whether uh, languages like English and German are more inclined to puns than the tonal languages? Do they have puns in the tonal languages like Chinese? Well, Mandarin yes. China is they a do. very punning it uh, is, country. Okay. Yeah. So as I said, foo is 
bat, it's happiness. And I think something like fu is Buddha. Do you think they have more and, in the tonal languages because there are so many words that sound like, is, do we know what language has the most puns, for instance? I don't know if there's ever been a calculation to determine that. I'd love to know that. Yeah. Well, I recently uh, was introduced last year, I guess it was, to an amazing um, man, uh, Jeffrey Armstrong. If you go to jeffreyarmstrong.com, he is described as a Western master of Eastern wisdom. And he has studied the Vedas for 50 years. And he's fluent in Sanskrit. And Sanskrit has lots of puns, too. I mean, every language does. And what's fascinating to me about English is that it contains so many languages in it. It was like a a molten uh, stream of multiple uh, consciousnesses from countries uh, all over the world that came into this one language, to, to and it got cobbled together. And I believe it's because, this is my theory, the dominant cultural influence when English was still um, evolving uh, and coming together in this way, the most um, influential cultural consciousness came from the church and so its vision of a universe that's divided by superpowers uh, battling male superpowers who could never be reconciled the misery of life the fallen state of humanity and um, the inferiority of language of women you can find throughout the language so I think language reflects culture And uh, it also reflects consciousness and we can evolve language so that it is reflective of and also inspiring of higher consciousness. That's that's the vision that I hold of creating a, a global movement in which we tune up this leading software of the Western mind to prepare ourselves for what I see as the essential evolutionary leap we are meant to take together as a species, which is from humankind to human kindness. For the fact that the word earth and heart are the same word, and love turned around initiates evolution, L-O-V-E and E-V-O-L, says to me that love is the motive power of evolution And it is what I call the glue close that connects us. So the fact that earth and heart are the same words means to me that life is not about getting ahead, but getting a heart and sharing it with other people. And by so doing, we can make that leap from humankind to human kindness. And uh, obviously, global warming of the earth the first and foremost antidote would be global warming of the heart. So we're sharing our resources. You are saying everything right. I believe, but just way more elegantly. <laughs> uh, everything you're talking about is something I've learned through this show. In particular, you know, uh, heart, earth, uh, you know, the whole thing is about spreading love. And, and, you know, it's like I really do believe that, man. The more and more I study this stuff, the more and more I think we live in this very special realm. And this realm is a battle between the 
you know, heaven and hell, high lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell, and uh, we're we're all we're all uh, gods having a human experience to learn the universe. And what we need to learn is to spread love, man. And uh, it just, you know, it's like everything you're talking about, wealth and all that stuff. I've seen so many people lose sight of what their life was about pursuing wealth, pursuing power. And you became more spiritual after that uh, show, Zero. Yeah, yeah, I that, mean, I could, you, you can feel it. But zero comes from the, from this. Yeah, it comes from this. Talking to Buddhists, talking to people who believe in ancient knowledge and science, and how those two things like they they have so much similarities, man. And you brought up earlier, and I don't know, uh, you brought up 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 upside down. Uh, that is a big theme that we have discussed on this show about how uh, what is up is really down. And that's how they have controlled us, which fits really well into what you're talking about, uh, where where the ancient knowledge has been hidden and everything's been remixed so much so nobody really knows what is going on. And do you I, – I know this is just, you know, uh, you might not be prepared for this, but it's like are there any examples of where uh, the up is really down and the down is really up through words that the – Well, I I look at that as inverted values. So to covet wealth instead of health, we call it wealth as if when we have a lot of money, we're super healthy, but we covet wealth instead of health. That's upside down. We are entertained by crime. We talk about dying for a good time. We try to imbibe our spirits rather than connect directly with spirits. And one of my little aphorisms, which is a, a more elegant way of saying a saying, one of my <laughs> word magic sayings is that confusing dimensions creates dementia. Oh. So if you try to satisfy a spiritual longing on the material plane, you will go crazy. So the, the desire for spirit um, and using instead getting intoxicated by destructive spirits, that's upside down. There are so many things that are upside down and puns are a marvelous way of seeing what's upside down and backward. I personally believe that the word sun, S-O-N, and the word S-U-N are actually reversed, that the sun in the sky should have the O at the center with the rays around it, and your own sun who's part of you oh. and is a chalice to receive oh, the light. Man. Oh, man. Wow. That oh, makes so man. much more sense yeah. now. I'm telling you, this fits. You know, there's times on the show where I'm like, you get these no- notions and, you know, you got this inner this inner voice. You talk about the inner voice. You got this inner voice and you got this... I don't know this. I, you know, modern terms they call it spider senses from Spider Man. You know, you got this inner dialogue and it's telling you something. You kind intuition, of, intuition. You start listening to it and you're like, I don't know. This is what I'm feeling. Then you put it out there and it 
You know, and you just like, you know, and I, I'm having this feeling right now. So much that we've talked about on the show as like how we feel as we interpret the information that's been presented to us from guests like yourself. And, you know, you know, all the things you're saying right now and all the all the all the research you've done and to have us like have talked about this stuff for so, you know, in the short time the show has been around is like really lets me know that we're on to we're 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 fighting a good fight. And I felt the same way with a very respected man. Uh, what was it? Jordan uh, Maxwell. When Jordan Maxwell was on, he said the he was talking a lot of stuff that we have talked about in the show forever where we oh, this is mm-hmm. kind of how we feel. And, they, you know, the man that did so much research and it was just it's really an amazing feeling when you know that like you're you're because you don't know i mean like this world that we're in there's so much uh manipulation through you know disinformation and uh, and i'm not getting to the fake news stuff that that itself is is mis and disinformation but i'm talking about you know when they got rid of the smith months act or whatever that's called the government could legally uh, bombard you with propaganda and th- this is where the flooding of information from every side so you don't know what's right wrong and and this thing where we kind of want to trust people uh, and they take advantage of that by giving you bad information knowing that you are trusting them as to be a reliable source um, and it's just kind of crazy so how do we take how do we take command of the English language? How do how do we do that? How do we sit there and kind of start to control the use of these words? Laurel, well, what would you do? I, I in, instead of I mean, a lot of times people ask who did this to us, and that inquiry becomes a victim's journey. And I'm much more interested in what we can do about it, how we can take command of it. So. Um, as I gave the example of a woman when I said, what should we do about the word hello? And she said, how about hallow? In some cases, it's like tuning up a musical instrument so that when we play it, we sing, our hearts sing, other people's hearts sing. And um, so, so, oh, and someone recently, a wonderful man uh, named Arkin Selik in Turkey who um, I'm beginning to have conversations and possible collaborations with. He is a multimedia artist and voice artist. In any case, the word amen uh, at the end of a prayer, he's tweaked it to I'm in. (laughs) And that's so beautiful. And so there's ways... I don't know if you saw my YouTube that I posted in May called Speaking Beauty. A lovely podcaster and Christian mystic author uh, known as Truth Seeker interviewed me and invited me to do a minute of verse to insert in his song on the throat chakra. So I wrote a piece called Speaking Beauty, which maybe I can share today there's other stuff i want to share as well however there's so much stuff that you brought up that i want to just go back over to and so what do we do here yeah hey i just start going for i mean we're we're enjoying listening to everything you say it's quite enjoyable thank you so much well i'm enjoying when we interact as well uh both of you it's it's very stimulating to my heart too So in terms of upside down and backward going 
uh, going that way, I wrote a little essay called Is Western Civilization Dyslexic? Um, and it's because it's backward. That's one way to think of it. But I have, um, since the early 90s, used the term backward land, as I said in my fairyography, um, with only five chapters of which have I thus far put out on YouTube. But in any case, I thought of this as backward land. What else did I want to say? I, I really think, and I have no evidence for it, but I think that left is right and right is left. I think we have misnamed the directions and uh, put, uh, put a strange spin on our own thinking. And it's so interesting to me that in those uh, like billiards or pool, there's a phrase about putting a little English on the ball. So we have real put quick, a whole real lot quick. of... Why, why do you think right and left and left and right? What made you think? As I said, I have no evidence for it. Um, the only evidence is a, a lifelong belief in it. And I think one of the reasons why it's hard to remember which is right, we may each have a little cue, how do I remember which is left or which is right? I think it's because it's magnetically incorrect. But I can't give you, I can't substantiate that. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So, uh, but I think the whole world is rotating <laughs> in a, a very strange direction. And so I came upon, when I read a book, a novel years ago by a transpersonal psychologist, Brian Bates in England, I think, um, the introduction in The Way of Weird, Tales <laughs> of an Anglo-Saxon Sorcerer by Brian Bates was by uh, Fred Allen Wolfe who said, when the Christians came to power in Britain, anything heathen was automatically bad. Consequently, everything that had a strong meaning to the Anglo-Saxons was reversed 180 degrees. And when I read that, I thought, there's backward land. And he went on to say, this reversal not only affected the people and their traditions, but also the English language we use today. So in this short little essay that I believe is on my um, my uh, Word Magic Global site, I let's see, I have shared what I consider to be the ultimate backward. Okay, I'm excited about this. Thank you. I feel like I should do the whole little poem. It's not a long poem. We're Go all about that action. Okay, thank you. It's called Ipsissima Verba which means the very word. And anyone who thinks I know Latin would be uh, flattering me. I don't. I just have a lot of dictionary synchronicities. So, uh, ipsissima verba, the very word. From worshiping the sun, man grew to worshiping the sun. And so... I really have to wonder just how far we've really come since every prophet who has ever touched the high Empyrean has said the light of the divine is meant to shine in everyone. And so I took a look at dogma, for I've always found it sound odd and discovered that it's backward. Turned around, it spells out, am God. I Next, I took the Holy Eucharist and saw that with a letter switch, 
a door appears to paradise because it now spells you a Christ. I also saw an atheist bound by no faith cannot exist for breathe a space twixt A and T and a theist shows up instantly. Then I found the word theocracy, where church and state dictate united and governmental policy is said to be divinely guided, is actually a homonym, which means it has a verbal twin. The alternate theocracy, spelled with an S and not a C, is not in every dictionary, which is itself a commentary, for theocracy means union of the personal soul with God within, around, below, above. So what need have we for admonitions, taboos, decrees, or prohibitions when all are guaranteed admission to the promised land? By definition, so that's that was great. That was great. I love Thank that. You. I love that. That was excellent. That Thank was excellent. You. Dog. I didn't even think about that dogma. I am God. Didn't yeah, even just turn it around. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so when people go, when people go, oh, everything, oh, is everything a conspiracy? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even the use of words is a conspiracy. Well, it's probably the first and foremost. The reason I believe it was a heresy punished by torturous death to have any other faith than the one proscribed by the other ruler, you know, the religious ruler, is that our collective mental energy can, it is so powerful that together we can manifest what we're focusing on. So if we're focusing on death, destruction, ugliness, meanness, all of that, we will collectively create it. And if we focus on beauty and love and kindness Mm -hmm. and we tune up the language so it's reminding us as we speak and as we write that we have beauty within us, we were born with genius, and we are so... Uh, We are the multitude. We are those of us who can speak in this language of recognizing that love is more important than anything else. (laughs) Love is what glues us together. That kindness, and and it really is. I I read when I was 20 by Teilhard de Chardin, a 20th century anthropologist, oh, paleontologist, Jesuit, and, and just beautiful Man, He said, if there wasn't the impulse toward union between cells, then love couldn't appear between us in harmonized form. So love is the glue that holds us together. And um, I believe that as we tune up the language, like the, the woman, I think it was, who created that random acts of kindness and acts of senseless beauty. I looked it up once. I don't know if this was accurate, but it was said to be what someone wrote on a napkin in, um, in Sausalito at a coffee shop. 
and it traveled around the world and it changed behavior. It still continues to have influence. So as I say in my anthem, taking command of the English language, to be the one who release, to release the dove of peace on a wave of love that lifts us all above our usual sense of separation will surely have the most exquisite and uh, transformational sensations. I just had to improvise there because I haven't done that poem in a while. But you did you great. Get sense. I could have noticed. Yeah, would... next time don't tell anybody because... <laughs> Okay. I get that all the time in comedy. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like, oh, we didn't notice. We thought it was awesome. I'm like, okay. I'm going to keep you. that to myself I won't do it time. again, but I will practice a bit more again. <laughs> no, it's very interesting, man. Everything you're talking about, again, is something we've discussed on the show, how important words are, in particular, the words you choose to use uh, is the energy, basically, you put out is the energy you get back. And if you're constantly putting the negative out, that's what you're going to be surrounded by. There is no reality. There's only perception, and what you perceive becomes your reality. So if you're always looking for the negative, you're only going to live in negative. If you're always looking for the positive, you will find positive. It really does work like that. And that's why I totally believe there's been a war on words. There's been a war on the use of words, what the meanings are. I love that you said puns are the lowest form of comedy. <laughs> that makes me laugh. I will let Tony know that. But it is, um, it, it's really true, ma'am. It's really true that the, just the manipulation of, of language it can, can trap you in a cellless prison, right? I mean, you could just be saying bad things over and over again. And the words you hear, the words you digest, the energy you digest feeds into that as well. If you're always, you know, you brought up our love of murder entertainment. I find that in a time where political correctness is like a felony, somehow entertainment, uh, entertainment watching people be murdered or not, or the act of murder and the filming of the whatever's involved with it is now, uh, Top shelf entertainment is insane to me. I, if you if you if you check out Netflix, it's taking a dark it, turn. It's, I mean, I'm not trying to hate, but it, that's pretty good. The last one they had, the Denver one, the Denver killing. There was this dad that killed his mom. The but the point is, it's, it's all negative stuff. Well, super negative. But I mean, it's, you click on it and it it reels you in. It's a season thing. You watch the first one and then you have to, you already know they die, so you're pretty much watching just a recap. But it's it's I can see why the chicks love it. Well, I feel that women love uh, murder, uh, enter to crime, entertain murder, entertainment because it is the highest form of emotion. I don't think you can get any emotionally higher than homicide. I, yeah. I, I mean, love, love is love is a very high one, but on the opposite of that, you know, the polar opposite of that is is murder. I believe. You know why I th- I think I believe just like in a dream. Everything is symbolic and metaphoric. On this dimension, the same thing is true. And this goes back to confusing dimensions creates dementia. It occurred to me that that blood is the essence of life. And when people feel detached from the essence of life is when they're most prone 
to shed blood so they can touch it somehow because a part of them is programmed to seek their own essence. And yet there's nothing on this dimension that reflects it except at the 3D flatlander level. I find that very interesting. I find that, you know, war, war, countries tend to go to war when the population uh, is like poor, hungry, and they need to blame somebody for their powers because for some reason, and we see this happen across all countries of all cultures, people for some reason want to blame people on their own level and below them for their problems instead of the people on the top making all the decisions. I don't know why. Right now we got some going on in Armenia and Azerbaijan and they've talked about how Azerbaijan has gone backwards in turn like it's an oil rich country but the people have never been poorer. They've gone from cars to donkey carts. So of course they want to blame somebody. But why? Why did the Germans, uh, we can get into that in another <laughs> show, but why did the Germans find it okay to blame the Jews for their problems when, when it was obvious that the people in charge are making decisions that are hurting them economically? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we know it's insane. Um, and I... For me, it's like, what can I do about this? And and what can I do that will keep me from being in such a state of despair over the insanity of this world? And so words have been my refuge all my life, and they've informed me profoundly. And I see the possibility, I see the power of our minds, I see the, the efforts by the media to completely colonize them with ideas that do not support our own well-being, and to divide us from each other. But what if we were to come together with, uh, to create a literary lotto who can tune in to the universal heart drive and bring through the most potent new words and phrases and metaphors and images that can inspire higher consciousness and have a place to send them in with a few dollars entry fee and possibly be um, recognized and honored as the prophet who brought that through, like the random acts of kindness prophet, and then also profit from the sales of merchandise that carry these beautiful messages so that we are affirming each other and ourselves. And when we're once again out in the world more fully, that we're reminding each other of who we really are by words and and imagery and lyrics, anything and everything that sings to the soul of us and tells us, don't fight fire with fire uh, unless it's spiritual fire. Elevate your consciousness and let that inform your actions. I absolutely love that. Now, I, real quick, I've heard you mention Christian magic. I've heard you mention sorcerer. Like, what is your take on all that? Are you uh, white magic? You think words 
I mean, we've talked about spell. Words are spells. Uh, are we? Are there people out there putting spells on us? I mean, you know, I don't want to get political into who who you for or against. I, I don't want to get into that because you know I don't want the listeners. Oh, well, she's a blah blah blah, and, and then it, then it changes everything that we've talked about. But you know, it's like we've heard stories of like witches putting spells on candidates and. And, uh, you know, I had an episode where a gentleman said everything, everything's a spell. What are your thoughts Dude, on in that? In the Mexican community, if you're watching the radio, they'll tell you, uh, if you've ever been spelled or you think you're spelled, call this number and we can help you get rid of it, which is just some lady that's telling you to get rid of it. But it's a regular commercial in the Mexican community. You, that's how, that's how, how, that's how much spells So are you're hauling through the desert. The you, only channel you get is the Spanish channel. And you, it's like, <laughs> you might be under a spell if you're watching the radio to begin with. That's a good be. point. Hey, I do agree with hey, that. Johnny, <laughs> only because it's a words episode that he can call you out on that. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Sorry about that. Go well, on. Well, I you know I, I missed the last little whatever that was from you, Johnny. <laughs> 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 you can either repeat it or we can whichever you know. Well, okay, I'm gonna tell you so you can just get the joke, just because it's a word thing. Okay. Xavier Guerrero goes, if you're watching the radio, yeah. you will hear. <laughs> oh, I uh, see. And then Johnny, because Johnny it just. He's a word genius. John, he's an asshole. John, <laughs> let's just say it. Johnny's an asshole. Johnny, please don't use that language with Laurel, please. Have you noticed? I haven't swore once this episode. I think Laurel is, is free to use all the words as, yeah, long, as, as long as they have the right well, sort of you. emotion I, behind I, them. I'm one who loves beauty. Okay. And, okay, um, that's so, another so, question I want to get into after this. But, okay, before the magic thing, swear words. What are your take on swear words and the power? So funny. Well, I, I feel like if there's – I've noticed for myself, because I used to, years ago, be more liberal in my use of them, uh, more frequent. But then at, the more I became aware of – essence and beauty of being and the sweetness of kindness, the less I was interested in in expectorating or spitting out words that have ugly connotations. And for instance, and I think this is such a great irony, you were talking a moment ago, Sam, about how um, people look to scapegoat those with less power than they are as the source of a problem that was actually caused by the people at the top. So, similarly, <laughs> um, let me take a moment to go back within. Well, okay, everything, yes, is a spell. We're in hypnosis. And I had a dream um, it's now a while back, and in it I was listening to or reading a paper by a very advanced linguist, and he was saying that when we do tune up the English language, when we evolve it to support our own evolution in consciousness, the new people being born won't have to forget who they are or why they're here. And when my now 10-year-old grandson was about two or so, or maybe a little older, I said to him, 
when I tell you I love your drawing, it's a very different kind of love than when I say I love you. And he breathed a sigh of relief. Oh. But it, we do go into hypnosis. If you are blessed with multiple languages, then you have multiple worldviews. We assume that we're seeing reality as it is, but we're seeing reality as we paint it with our consciousness. The waking state is like the dreaming state, only it is a collective dream rather than an individual. And the collective dream, certainly, we are inlets and outlets for the sea of consciousness. And I look at, uh, I have had a very strong relationship with the moon for some metaphysical reason. But in any case, I believe, well, well, I was amazed to learn that the first English printer, a man named William Caxton, and I think it was in the 15th century, said that uh, something like native speakers of English are as if born under the domination of the moon. And I thought, wow. (laughs) And then shortly after, I met a woman whose name was Moon, and she was a Korean woman. And she uh, said that her mother had a dream of the full moon visiting her through the window when she was pregnant with this Korean woman, Moon. But she said moon in Korean does not mean the moon that is meant in English. It means a writer of literature. And that's what my father wanted me to be. So I meet this woman named Moon, who is a writer of literature, which I flatter myself to think that I am as well. Um, So here's my connection with Moon, the name, and I have a tremendous connection with Moon in the sky and in my own nature and how it's played out in my life. And so my big vision is to uh, help inspire us to turn the tide on the global sea, S-E-E, of consciousness. And I believe we can do that by tuning up the English language to inspire the best instead of the beast in us all. I love that. I I just got one more question. The F word. I'm not going to say it. Why is it so powerful? Why does it bring so much crazy energy why have we taken this word and made it into this giant thing that if someone yelled it people lose their skulls and- there, there's two f words no yeah but no the the, the classic <laughs> f word the the f u f word why, why is that word so powerful and you are right <laughs> um so I haven't done any research on that. Oh, so but let me but this was the word that dropped out of sight a moment ago when I was talking about your pointing out the insanity that people blame those with less power for the problems in the world that were created by those few people with all the power. That just as there's that irony, that the the word fuck, it's like why <laughs> would we say fuck you to someone when fucking is supposed to be the greatest physical pleasure we can have? Why are we wishing people exquisite pleasure? (laughs) And and 
instead of saying like um, Hitler, you or or something some something that connotes something ugly, right. not something pleasurable. Right, right. It is inter- again upside down. Right. I have also a quick question related to that. What do you think? Where I'm from, the South, people have a habit of falling into the use of replacement words for curse words like "darn" and "dang it." Do you think that those words are any less? Uh, connotative any less powerful in a negative way than than the actual curses that they're replacing um probably you think they are you think it is a better thing than to use the yeah i do because Mm -hmm. it's not so jarring on the nervous system (laughs) on on who on the users or on the the people here well maybe both maybe both. maybe the users make well and i have a piece i haven't gotten back to called um uh, proposing some changes in our terms of agreement. Mm-hmm. So here we call it a nervous system. How can you have a calm nervous system, which by nature is nervous? And so it's like we have even the word atmosphere, at most fear. We're under this dense at most fear. And a lot of, you know, you were talking about witchcraft and magic. Certainly a lot of that is done with what I call the slow guns of slogans. They are <laughs> words directed at you to elicit uh, responses. Oh my gosh, I have so much material that hasn't seen the light of day. <laughs> I am envisioning uh, sufficient income to allow me to complete a whole bunch of projects that are in various states of completion. So if people care to be a patron of my art, it's uh, patreon.com word magic global. So I can share so much. No, no, no. We're gonna do. Listen, we're gonna have you back because I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Well, can I just show something in terms of? Yeah. And then I got one last question. Show whatever you want because you wanted to talk about baby names. Did you ever get into that baby names? Because I just had two babies. I just wanted to show something about swear words. If any of you have seen messages from water. The work of Masaru Emoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a Patreon episode just on that one. I love Perfect. it. Perfect. Then people know that words affect us energetically. They, they affect water. We're mostly water. The earth is mostly water. And the, the new generation of, um, what do you call it, chips for computers is water, according to... Um, Greg Braden, this amazing earth scientist author. So just like messages from water, then there was that Cinderella story but about uh, the young woman who is kind to a hag in the forest and is blessed with this. And her envious sister goes out and is, you know, wanting such a blessing. But this is what comes out of her mouth and it becomes manifest. So it's all, if you're speaking ugly... <laughs> <laughs> and at some point, it manifests just like how many people have have talked about going viral as the greatest success story on the Internet. And now the world has gone viral. <laughs> what we say matters. It becomes matter. That is so, so interesting. Beauty. What? It's so interesting, wow. man, how they just take these words that have negative connotation and they spin it into people saying it's a positive thing. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's backward. 
It's unbelievable. So did you... You mentioned something about baby names. Did you still want to okay. talk about that, or did so, we want to do that another time? It's well, I, I, it's just a short story. I, I would love sitting... it, please, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, we have so much to share, and a really fun time doing it with you guys. That. I would love thank that. Thank you. So I was sitting in the Rose Garden of Exposition Park in Los Angeles, where all the museums are, um, historic museums, and uh, science museum and I was in a gazebo and there was a mother with three little children and these were uh, a Latinx family uh, two little girls and a boy and they were very beautifully dressed and the little girls wanted to know my name and they liked it and I asked theirs and I asked whether they liked it and everyone said yes they liked their names and I said well if you were naming yourselves are these the names you would have chosen? And the little girls are being very polite, good little girls, and they're saying, oh, yes, yes. And the little boy said, no, I would have named myself Soaring Eagle. (laughs) So as young children, we know who we are. I'm telling you, dude, they're going to love those names. When they're 18 and 19, they'll be like, what's your name? Ghost. I, I guarantee it, Johnny. I guarantee you they will be known when they go to college as Ghost and Ninja. And they're like, come on, what's your real name? Those are my legal names, they will say. And then the legend will grow of the Tripoli twins. It's an icebreaker. And fought the Archons. (laughs) It's an icebreaker. It's an ice. Dude, the Tripoli twins don't break ice. People break (laughs) their ice to get to know the Royals. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Man, Laurel, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i will make sure that you uh, all your links you have we sent you a couple emails i'll send you another email my please give me any links you'd like me to include in the description of the show uh when i put it out we'll go out later today uh the audio will uh but i just want to say thank you so much for coming on our show and slumming with us. We really do appreciate it. And you are always welcome back anytime. Thank you. Well, it's been just such a delight with the two of you. And um, gosh, slumming, I don't know. It felt a lot more regal than that to me. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Laurel, I appreciate you coming out. One more time, tell them where they can find you. Wordmagicglobal.com. And the Patreon is patreon.com slash wordmagicglobal. And I have two classes beginning next week. One for people who want to get their book done and have it sparkle and uh, or articles, any kind of writing. And uh, on Tuesday, well, Thursday is a word magic word shop. And as a, a member, you participate in a four-week program in which you become much more conversant and adept in the English language, adept and aware. You wake up to the messages it has within us. Thank you so already. much for coming on, Laurel. Please don't hang up when we end the show. I want to talk to you off air again. She's Laurel Eric. Erica, we appreciate you coming on. Xavier Guerrero, hair is on point. Thank Johnny, you. Uh, we'll ask what's going on with that hat later on, on <laughs> another episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. We love you very much, Swarm, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. We, 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 we go deep.
deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat.